0: This is Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily with Andrew Hustler-Patterson and Michael Remus.
1: Hey, what's going on, everybody? Happy Friday and happy draft day in the National Hockey League. Welcome to Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. I'm Andrew Patterson along with his CTO, Michael Remus, and we got a great show for you uh, with all the latest news from around the National Hockey League. We will get ready for tonight's round one with Scott Wheeler of The Athletic. And we'll talk Jets and maybe hit a little Bombers, too, with Ted Wyman of the Winnipeg Sun a little later on. And as promised yesterday, maybe it was on Wednesday, I can't remember, we were fired up to get to 5,000 subs on YouTube. So we will be doing a famous Winnipeg Sports Talk Marble Race at the end of the show. So make sure if you're with us on YouTube, stick around to the end. We've got a GC from Boston Pizza, a couple of cakes from Nick and Nikki DQ. So it uh, should be a great way to get into the weekend right here on Winnipeg Sports Talk. As always, got to thank our sponsors, Royal Sports, Nick and Nikki DQ, Boston Pizza, Not Autocorp, Little Brown Jug Brewing, Breezy Bend Country Club, Assiniboine Downs, Aikens Lake, and Cool Bet Canada. Uh, let's get Michael Rivas in here and uh, fire up. Remo, uh, right off the bat, we have a trade to announce. Yeah. Yeah, we're gonna be hearing that tonight from Betman.
2: we have a train to announce I guess it, I guess it's like a virtual draft this year but uh we do have a we actually do have a trade to announce to start the show so um the NHL being really smart with their uh, times this week you know announcing having basically having the expansion draft like Wednesday afternoon instead of the evening and then uh, yesterday the Jets having the 230 press conference and it feels like uh, we do have a trade Kevin weeks reporting and I think Friedman confirmed it. Uh, who was it? Rasmus Ristolainen, who the Jets were rumored to be in on, going not to the Jets or Montreal, but to Philadelphia, who, you know, who for Robert Hag and I think some draft picks. And I find this interesting because yesterday, the Flyers traded away Shane Gostisbehere to Arizona. Sorry, Shane a second and seventh to Arizona to get rid of his salary. And then you're getting Rasmus Ristolainen, back from Buffalo uh, and you're trading away picks to get him as well and Robert Hag. So you basically just traded Bear, two picks, some other picks plus Robert Hag to get Rasmus Ristolainen and I don't know if he's that much of an upgrade from what they had. So I find it interesting asset management. We'll see if it works out. And he's one year, five and a half. So they were clearly done with Bear, but I find it curious when you put the trade like that, when you when you phrase it the way I did, it seems like a lot to give up for this guy.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, of course, they got no return in the bear trade. Had to give up assets to uh, get him off the books. And you know, they bring in line And I mean, I know people, especially in this chat, you know, it's funny. Everyone says they, everyone, we need defense. We need defensemen. And then the defensemen that are out there don't get that guy. He sucks. <laughs> um, I, listen, I know his numbers were terrible. I, you know, I, I, I mean, everyone's numbers on Buffalo were bad. His were exceptionally bad. But I'll be honest, playing top-line minutes on an underman team, going up against the top competition every night, your numbers are going to stink. Um, he's going to be in a contract year. I don't think he'll be as bad as he was with Buffalo. Um, but again, uh, it, the bottom line for us here in the peg on Winnipeg Sports Talk is that that was a player that you know a number of teams, but the Winnipeg Jets absolutely were rumored to be kicking tires on Ristolainen. And, and uh, it's another domino that's fallen before we get to uh, the first pick of the draft tonight. Reeman. I got to tell you, with the way Philly's been trading picks, um, I'm not sure whether we should assume that this will be the case with many other teams. But I'll be very interested to see how many picks are traded tonight. And for instance, a team like Winnipeg, that you know has obvious needs on the blue line in the present, uh, has just lost Mason Appleton. You know, is is the Jets' first round pick in, in play tonight? Like how many? The Jets have three or four picks. One, two, three, and five. Um, how many of those do they make? Do they move any of them? And if they're doing that, is that for you know a player that can come and you know plug right into uh, into at least your top six on the blue line? And to me, Remo, that's the intrigue when it comes around the Winnipeg Jets tonight. I mean, certainly if they make their selections, we'll talk about who they pick. But I do think there's the potential that we could see maybe some more picks being traded. And, uh, you know, I think there's a lot of teams that realize that this draft is far more of a crapshoot than normal. Um, And for a team like Winnipeg that, you know, has done such great scouting in the past, I think if they realize that they're far less sure about their selections for this year's draft, I think that might make them more likely potentially dangle a pick or two if they're looking to uh, try to solve a problem that has not yet to be solved. Yeah, here's the trade from Kevin Weeks. First round pick tonight.
2: That's 13th overall. And a second round in 2023 for Rasmus Ristolainen. And I'm not an NHL GM. But, but uh, s- hold on a sec. Say that again. First round pick tonight. What? 13th overall.
1: Buffalo got a first rounder for Ristolainen?
2: And a second round pick in 2023. And <laughs> and Robert Hag. That is a lot for a rental player. So, I think Philadelphia paid less for Ryan Ellis than Ristolainen. And I know uh, if you were hoping the Jets were in, that is that is that's
0: Listen, a lot. I just that's I just a spent a couple pay.
1: minutes saying I just spent a couple minutes saying, hey, you know, Ristolainen, you know, probably won't be as bad as he was last year in Buffalo and whatnot. But I am stunned that they got a first rounder. In fact, I was looking at a couple of the guys that follow Buffalo, like the beat writers. Oh, and Joe, you're the didn't. guys. One of the guys said something like if uh, was it Joe that said if the Sabres get a first rounder for Ristolainen, I will. And I can't remember what it was, but do something ridiculous because uh, they might have to do that. He said this would replace the Paul Gostad trade for a first
2: as the most unbelievable trade pulled off by Buffalo. So that is the (laughs) reaction in Buffalo for this trade. I can't I don't know what Philly's doing. They just traded away four picks and got and Robert Hagg. And Gosses for one year of Rasmus Ristolainen at five and a half million. That doesn't make any sense. How much like how much of an upgrade could he possibly be? I don't think he I don't think it is. I don't think it is. So and that's why this is why you know you and I sit here and think we could be NHL GMs. Like you see the trade, the Ned trade yesterday. You see I could be a bad GM. I mean yeah, I could certainly how much, be a bad GM. Sorry, how much, how much not that you could be a good how much worse could you be? Than then that in terms of ad asset management. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I don't know. And so the Jets probably looked at that and was like, we're not giving up a first round pick for this guy, let alone a first. That's 13th overall
1: and, and a, a second, second
2: and a player and a player. So,
1: <laughs> you know what? Kevin Adams, like Kevin Adams yeah. stock just rose. Uh, I, Oh, I, I'm speechless. I, I, honest to God, I'm okay. speechless at that. And you know what? Thank <laughs> you again for the stuff breaking just as we go on the air because yeah. the, this is the live reaction when we heard when you, they said a couple picks. I was thinking like a sixth, a seventh. You know, or maybe they gave a seventh and got back a fifth.
2: Yeah. I, uh, wow. Wow. People in chat are saying we should call uh, Ruiki
1: right now to see what yeah. he says. Should I, te- <laughs> should I text him? Yeah. Text him for comment on oh, the. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Text him for comment. Uh, it will be fun. And hey, I just got it. Well, Remus does that. I will let you all know that if I sound a little weird today, uh, I'm playing hurt, but I'm here. My mouth is frozen right now on the right side, upstairs. Had a very bad tooth issue. Went in this morning. I have a procedure planned for 3 p.m. this afternoon, but they shot me up enough that I could get here onto Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily and do that. Commitment to the grind and to the yeah. game and to all of you listeners, Reem. Uh, you know, I, feel like, uh, I feel like it's that, you know, that game seven of the cup final. Yeah. Your team needs you. And uh, you know what? You just got to take that shot and get back out on the field.
2: Yeah, be careful. I watched Rick Westhead's uh, feature last year on painkillers, like Toradol. So I don't want you to be doing anything too crazy.
1: No, you know, I'm not popping pills or anything like that. They just gave me the shot administered by a dental professional. And, um, and you know, I'll go in and get it done. And hopefully then I'll be feeling great. Although I will say, um, you know, for all the great things that come with, you know, kind of running your own business and being on your own. The one thing that I had not thought of or been uh, had to face was the fact that man, I missed that health insurance. <laughs> so I'm going to be getting a big bill. Um, mm. I'm going to have to. We may need a dental sponsor at some point okay. on this program for our for our grills going forward. Either that or figure out some way to get it taken care of. But whatever, we'll uh, we'll get it done. Well, lots to talk about, and uh, obviously we're going to have some great guests. So maybe I won't do as much talking as normal. Okay, I texted Brandon. Uh, he
2: just, I said, care to comment on the Risto trade? He responds, "What a fucking disaster!"
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh
1: wow! I, 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 listen, I'm, I'm stunned. Uh, I, mean, I we knew that Risto Line was going to be traded, but I mean, if you had told me, if you, t- if we on this show yesterday, Revis said, "Okay, let's set a line on will Buffalo get a first round pick for Risto Line." I would have put that at definitely plus money, maybe like plus 200. And certainly that was the reports on everyone out of Buffalo. So to not only get that, but to get a player and a second rounder. It, listen, Kevin Adams, I don't know. I'm uh, I'm completely turning around on Kevin Adams. Listen, if he gets that for Rasmus Ristolainen, Remus, what the hell is he yeah. asking for for Jack Eichel? <laughs> I
2: know, I know. And Dreger just tweeted out, so teams that were offering... First round picks were informed earlier. The pick wasn't high enough. Uh, he's literally looking for picks in the top twenty. So Philly offering number thirteen pick, which is actually the number twelve pick, Hus, because there's no pick eleven. Remember that. Remember that. For,
1: forfeit is going at eleven. That's yeah. the one thing you can take to the yeah. bank tonight.
2: No return. Getting. Uh, he's been involved in a lot of deals. Uh, he'll be picked <laughs> tonight at eleven. Yes. <laughs> um. In insane. Uh. That that trade. So I was. And Rob Hag, he's got one year with a 1.6 cap hit. I think he was, like, decent, wasn't you know, he? Was, I, I, he was, like, fine for, like, a bottom pair D. So, I don't know what Philly's doing. Uh, I mean, they got real Ryan Ellis, and now they've risked a line, and maybe it'll be better for them.
1: They didn't get rid well, of uh, any of l- their... Listen, yeah. just just the fact, and, and who knows? I mean, maybe... The fact that, and I guess we have to deduce this, I mean, we're kind of joking, but I mean, Kevin Adams got a pretty nice ransom for Ristolainen. The only reason I can think that that happened was that he really did have serious suitors like the Winnipeg Mm. Jets, like the Montreal Canadiens. So, I mean, good for him. Uh, If you're a Flyer fan, like Rewiki is, you're probably not too fired up with the price that was paid tonight. It's going to make the uh, the draft a lot more anticlimactic, knowing that uh, you don't have your pick and you've got one year of Rasmus Ristolainen to see what happens going forward. But um, that certainly, I mean, hopefully that'll be the first of many deals today. A couple of the things that are happening in the National Hockey League, and this had been a long time coming, Remo, but uh, Frank the Tank reporting earlier this morning that uh, Tony D'Angelo finally being bought out by the New York Rangers. He will be an unrestricted free agent. Um this is a guy that just has so much baggage around him as a teammate, as a person, everything other than what he does on the ice. I'm going to be fascinated to see what team, if any, but there probably will be one that gives him a chance to come in and sort of reestablish his spot in the National Hockey League and you know if he has learned anything about the last couple of years and why he, you know, ended up in this situation in the first place.
2: Yeah, I mean, Frank didn't just, like, tweet out the whole first round this afternoon. (laughs) I was, like, fully—
1: Well, I am am interested to see if he goes full Woj tonight. I mean, if you recall, anyone that loves—I mean, I love drafts, so I pretty much watch them all. NBA draft, I want to say two, three years ago, was essentially Woj tweeting four to five minutes before every single pick, the pick— And and it would be something like, wouldn't be surprised to see this guy go here. Like, without saying, this is happening. But he obviously knew it was happening. was right on every one. And then the same sort of bitching that we heard from a lot of people um, about the NHL draft, we heard about that. And then ESPN went and, you know, just hired him uh, over. Hey, Andrew Haleco, (laughs) 10 bucks on the Super Chat. First contribution to the Hustler Dentist Fund. Thank you very much, Andrew. We uh, we greatly appreciate it. I'll be fine. We'll get that. We'll get that done. Get this damn tooth taken care of, and uh, hopefully have a uh, have a great weekend. I'll be in prime nineteen nineteen consumption uh, shape by uh, well, who, who knows? Maybe even later on tonight. Hey, shout out to Nick DQ. Nick's in the house as well. Great to see you, my friend. Nick actually made a little drop off today, Reem. Something good for messed up teeth is uh, DQ. In case you didn't know. And of course, we've got a couple of cakes for our uh, our contest, the marble race, at the end of the program. So, uh, big shout out to him. And he said he will look forward to making a drop off to you coming up uh, at some point next yeah, week. Yeah, it's my son's birthday coming up. I messaged him. Whoa!
2: I uh, I wanted a DQ cake for our party, and I asked him. He's to going do- to be two. Yeah, he's going to be two.
1: That's incredible. So, oh, my God. That's amazing. Yeah. So I
2: asked him, I said, can you make a cake featuring one of his favorite uh, YouTube cartoons? And I sent him a picture, and he's like, I think we can make that work. So I'm looking forward to seeing it. I know who his favorite
1: it. YouTuber is.
2: Yeah, H- Hustler and Dada.
1: Right here. Yeah. Hustler <laughs> yeah, he and Dada as well. Hustler, Hustler <laughs> and Dada. Mitch Jensen. Mitch Jensen. 1001. May as well make it a gold tooth. You know, it's funny that you bring that up because I have, this has been bugging me. And at a certain point, the, the wrench dues are contribution to get us a gold tooth fund. <laughs> mm. I should get a nice grill, maybe with Huss right there. You could right be like Joe Pesci car. in
2: Home Alone. I don't, I don't
1: well, know if you're listen, familiar with that and, one. And he, uh, <laughs> actually, I do remember that, but I don't remember uh, if he, uh, what, he, he got a grill after he uh, got his face implanted by Macaulay Calton uh, or what?
2: He had like a gold tooth or something. I, I don't know in the movie and it was it was like always like shimmering uh joe pesci's gold tooth and home alone
1: when i think of gold teeth and grills and winnipeg sports two individuals come to mind number one kd williams of the winnipeg blue bombers you recall kd had uh he had the gold fronts with uh and i I think he had diamonds in them or at one point he might have got kd in it but the guy that absolutely did, anyone that remembers, this is old school Winnipeg hoops, Winnipeg Thunder, Winnipeg Arena era. JJ Eubanks of the Thunder was the boss on the team. And he had two massive gold teeth, and he had a J on one and a J on the other. And it was uh it was absolutely incredible. Holy smokes, everyone. Listen, I was just kind of making fun of the fact that I might sound a little different, but I really appreciate this. Rain Man is in on the Gold Tooth Fund. Rob Mahoney is in on the Gold Tooth Fund. Philip Barclay is in on the Gold Tooth Fund. I, I might actually have to get to have to get a grill at some point, Rain 2, to rock on the program. And I'll be honest, I've thought about it many times before. Wasn't sure whether I could pull it off, but with this sort of support from the community, yep. I may have to go for it. You're going to have to. There's Jet jet, oil, jet Tom. oil Tom. Thank you, guys. This is awesome.
2: This is insane. I, you know, We want to get to some actual hockey news before Scott Wheeler comes in. I was reading this yesterday from Elliot Friedman, and he had a quote uh, from an NHL GM. Host. I don't know if you saw this about the defense market, and he was saying how a lot of NHL players don't want to come to Canada because of the taxes. The pandemic restrictions, social media—I don't know where you stand on that. But one of the players who was open to Canada, who could be a target for the Jets, maybe he was at the trade deadline. They lost out to Tampa. But David Stanley Cup champion David Savard—I don't know where you land on Elliott's reporting there. I did send you uh, that comment. Uh, I'm
1: I'm 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 in. Uh, listen, I am in on David Savard. I mean, if the Winnipeg Jets could take a shot at him, I mean, that's a guy that. You know, solid defenseman plays the right side, can just want a cup with Tampa. Um, you know, you know, who knows what the cost is and how long. But I mean, listen, if we're talking about available defensemen right now, certainly on the UFA market, after Larson went to Seattle and Alexiak went to Seattle, and now Ristolainen. I know some people don't like the idea at all of Ristolainen. Well, you don't have to worry about it because Philly somehow just traded Robert Hag a first and a second for Rasmus Ristolainen. Um David Savard would certainly be a guy that Mm -hmm. I think we would love to, you know, we would love to see. Now, you know, again, Dougie Hamilton, of course, is out there. Whether Winnipeg is even considered, or if they step up, and because that's going to cost a lot of money as well. So um, I don't know. It's it's all really interesting. You know, we'll see. And who knows? By the time we get through our draft chat with Scott Wheeler, there might be uh, some more deals to talk about. We'll focus in on the Winnipeg Jets a little bit later on with Ted Wyman. And, uh, and Remo, the one other thing that we'll do either before or after Ted, before we do the marble race with our giveaway at the end of the program, uh, is go through the Jets schedule as well, which uh, got dropped late last night. Kind of crazy. The team starts October with two California road trips. They start in Anaheim. They come back for like one game, I think the Ducks, and then are right back in California again. So it is a little weird. We'll talk about a few of the big road games that some of you might want to travel to, and we'll get to all that in just a minute. Uh, all right, Scott Wheeler coming up. Before we do that, do want to thank our uh, friends. Well, I'll start with Nick and Nicky DQ. I mentioned Nick made a little drop off earlier today, a couple of the treats of pizzas, as well as the, um, well, we got, uh, I think, Buster Bars. Blizzard bars, sandwiches, fudge bars. I'm pretty much stocked for a while. And that's good with a busted tooth. Um, Nick and Nicky DQ, Niverville, Northgate, DQ Polo Park, and DQ St. Anne's. Um, they're the best. And the ultimate grill burger he dropped off today was absolutely elite. I'm telling you, the most underrated burger in the fast food game. Popeye, Nick and Nicky this weekend, Blizzard's food. And of course, if you got a party or you're heading to one, be the hero, grab a cake. You can order them online at DQ Manitoba. Uh, Big shout-out to Royal Sports. Who knows who the Jets are going to be picking tonight, but if you want to be the first one to get your jersey done up, you can pop by there tomorrow. Incredible selection of all Winnipeg Jet merchandise, bomber merchandise for the upcoming season, NFL, NBA, Major League Baseball, soccer from around the world, not to mention hockey, soccer, baseball, bikes, fitness, disc golf, and so much more on the Skate, snow and surf side. All over at Royal Sports, 650 Rally DK, and 750 Pemina Highway, and if you're getting together with friends on the weekend, why don't you welcome yourself back to Boston Pizza? All local BPs are featuring the new summer menu and welcoming people back with the honey dill fried chicken sandwich, the burger Italiano, and summer cocktails for the patio, including the Bulldog Margarita Fish Bowl, the White Sangria Smash, the Peachy Mojito Royale, and the Galaxy Fish Bowl. Pick it up this weekend at your local Boston Pizza. All right. Round one tonight of the draft, maybe one of the more, um, shall we say, unpredictable drafts we've had in a long time for obvious reasons. Who better to get ready to uh, hear the picks tonight than with Scott Wheeler of The Athletic who joins us now on Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Scott, what's going on? Thanks so much for doing this. I know it's a very busy day for you. We appreciate you making some time for us here in The Peg.
3: Yeah, if I'm being honest, this is probably the quietest day of the year that I've had in several months. I mean, today it's just sort of sitting back and waiting for 8 p.m. And all of my homework has been done, the calls, the video, all of that's finished. So now it's just sort of waiting to see how it unfolds and then breaking it all down. So I honestly got up this morning and, and I've just been kind of taking it easy here.
1: <laughs> oh, well, it's great. Well, thanks again for coming on. You know, we've been talking draft with a couple other folks this week, and I kind of always start with asking this question because I'm interested in everyone's pers- uh, perspective on it. Just how weird of a year this is from a scouting perspective. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when you think of your list, I'm sure you've taken a look at others and thinking about NHL teams list. I mean, how uh, how different are everyone's opinions and lists going to be just because of the lack of information on a lot of players?
3: Yeah. There's definitely going to be a lot of variance. I don't think it's going to be as maybe crazy or, or sort of wild, wild west as people expect it to be. Other than the OHL, really every league played some kind of a reasonable schedule. It maybe wasn't the 50, 60 games that those kids are used to playing, but it was still a... Twenty thirty game schedule and and really in finland and in the united states and in russia they played full schedule so the swedish kids for sure their their junior league got canceled early and a lot of them ended up playing in kind of third tier pro in the third tier pro league over there which made it hard to scout those swedish kids and then obviously we we know the story in canada where outside of the qmjhl it was a pretty rough go and a pretty small schedule for the whl And then virtually nothing for for any of the OHL kids unless they either went over to Europe or unless they uh, sort of found something, whether it was U18 Worlds or some other way to showcase themselves. So it's been difficult. Uh, I, I didn't have my usual sort of travel schedule, if you will, during the regular season. I'm on the road almost year round watching these kids play. This year I went to Edmonton for the World Juniors and that was it. So that part of it's different. It's a lot more video. It's a lot more time spent on the phone talking with these kids as coaches and scouts and other ma- general managers of, of these sort of junior and college and pro teams, et cetera, et cetera. So it, it's it been a weird process, but I'm actually pretty happy. And I think NHL clubs are too with where I'm at now. And, and we've had enough time to watch these kids. And I would say really outside of a handful of, of good OHL players that will likely be selected in the mid rounds who we have hardly seen play. It, it did end up looking more like a hockey season than I expected it would eight, nine months ago.
1: Scott, you know, often we'll be talking about, you know, players in the third and fourth and fifth rounds that are selected that are kind of sleepers. And often they're, you know, they're a Kazakh, they're a Russian playing in a lower league. They're, what? you know, you know from not from North America. And we talk with the guys, might some of the sleepers actually be like OHL kids that didn't play last year that, you know, really have sort of been out of sight, out of mind for many scouts over the last 12 months.
3: Most definitely. I I, I did a a sort of survey, a, a scout survey a couple of weeks ago that really released earlier this week, finally, that asked them that question Asked sort of who are the kids that are going to fly under the radar, whether it's a kid in your region or just a kid in this draft that you think is going to sort of sneak under the radar. And a lot of the answers were OHL kids and OHL kids that didn't play a single game. I, I heard names like Connor Lockhart and Ty Voight and Ryan Mast and Bryce Montgomery, kids who haven't played since their 16-year-old season in any consequential hockey games. And uh, on the flip side, I, I almost wonder whether everybody's thinking that, everybody's thinking that they can go out and, and get the OHL kid who hasn't played since he was 16 years old, and then maybe it's the sort of Alexander Barkov is underrated. Kind of narrative. It's it's this sort of if everybody thinks that, that this is an inefficiency that they can tap into, then maybe it isn't actually an inefficiency. But it, it's the teams that do their homework on those kids are, are going to either get it right or get it really wrong. And I expect that five ten years from now, we'll look back on the OHL kids that didn't play, and there will be some big hits. Some kids who weren't taken in the first round who go on to become players. And I suspect you're also going to see a lot of misses on kids who teams were making a a bargain on or or some kind of gamble on, if you will, when they hadn't seen them play in a year and a half and they hadn't developed like they might have thought they did. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out in particular for those OHL kids and to a lesser extent, the WHL kids as well, who in many cases only played five, ten games.
1: Scott Wheeler of The Athletic getting us ready for round one tonight of the NHL draft. Scott, um, overall, based on what we know, um, how would you categorize the overall talent in this draft? Is it strong, weak, average? I mean, how would you assess that?
3: I would say it's slightly below average. Um, It's not a great draft, but I think it's actually also been a little miscast. The, 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 The feel around this draft is that the combination of the the talent level of the players and of the lack of scouting that has taken place is that it's a really weak draft. I don't think it's that weak. Um, certainly, when you look back at the last decade, I would say that 2012 was obviously worse. 2012 is one of the worst drafts we've had in modern history, um, and, and then it kind of fits into that that next group with the 2017s of the last sort of decade if you will so it's it's certainly not 2015 it's not 2016 Mm -hmm. where we had austin matthews and we had connor mcdavid and we had mitch marner and nico Ranton and you go down the list it's it's not the level of those those were very strong drafts but there's still some talent there's uh, i like 12 players at the top a lot uh and that group is normally about nine or ten for most other kids so there's actually a couple of kids that i'm higher on than most and then deeper into the draft, I think you've got about 45 really, really good prospects. And again, that number is slightly smaller than, than what I typically like in a draft. I normally like 50 or 60 kids, um, but it, that's still 45 quality NHL prospects. And I think the teams that can tap into those kids and the teams that don't necessarily view this as a weak draft and have still gone out and acquired draft capital could really take advantage of, of a bit of an inefficiency there.
1: Scott, it's interesting that you just mentioned kind of a top 12. I, we won't spend much time on Owen Power. We've talked a lot about him this week, and he pretty much talking almost everybody is the consensus number one. Yeah. But we sort of heard that, you know, you know after that, there's a tier um, of like eight players. Um, so for you, the tier sounds like it's a little bit bigger than eight. There's a few others that maybe you have in that group that, you know, maybe some others don't.
3: Yeah, so there's absolutely that consensus top nine with Owen Power plus eight. I would add really three names to that list. I would add Jesper Walseth to that list, the goalie who I think is a real threat to go inside the top ten and really shake up that top nine, which is comprised of five forwards and four defensemen. And then I like two other forwards on top of Walseth by the names of Chaz Lucius and Cole Sillinger. And obviously, everybody knows the Sillinger name; it's a hockey name that has lingered for a long time. Uh, but the, the the Lucius name is is one that's coming. His younger brother is a top prospect in next year's draft. I think. He's better than his younger brother, but his younger brother Cruz. Could also be a first round pick in next year's draft. And I think Chaz is for my money, arguably the top goal scorer in this draft. I I think he's got a real chance to score 35 to 40 goals. And there's only one or two other players in this draft that I would feel comfortable sort of projecting as a true goal scorer at the next level. So Chaz has this way of finding space and this way of getting his shot off and this way of picking his spots in the net with his accuracy. He doesn't have this really heavy shot that we see in a lot of these kids now, which a Cole Sillinger and a Mason McTavish have, But he's a kid who can really score goals. And I suspect that after a year or two at the University of Minnesota, that Lucius is going to emerge from college as one of the top prospects outside the NHL. And as a result, I I think he kind of belongs at the back end of that group of nine or 10 other kids uh, sort of in that same conversation, if you will. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with Lucius. I think he could go at 10 to Ottawa. They, they, they are looking for goal scorers after having drafted a lot of really well rounded forward prospects over the last couple of years, like Josh Norris and Shane Pinto, et cetera. Um, so I think he could go there, but if not, I don't think he'll last much longer with Philadelphia and Calgary sort of following those picks and Calgary in particular is, is also looking, I know looking for a goal scoring winger in this draft. So uh it'll be interesting to see how it shapes up with, with those other names that I mentioned, but I think all of them belong in that same conversation as that, not that consensus nine that you talked about.
1: Hey, great to see everyone with this in the YouTube chat. Do us a favor, hit that thumbs up and a big thanks to Owen Stonewall, Dave, as well as uh, who's the last one in there. Uh, oh, Cody Caron for uh, their uh, donations to the gold tooth fund. Much, much appreciated. Um, Scott, Back to the top of the draft. I, it was quite interesting looking at your top 100. Again, uh, folks, before the picks are made tonight, go to the Athletics. Scott's got his top 100 thoughts going into the draft. Some great, great content. I was surprised to see Kent Johnson out of the University of Michigan. Pretty flashy player, um, but a guy that in most of the other lists I'd seen was not, I'm not even sure if I saw him often in the top five. Certainly was part of that group at the top nine why is he number two on your list and uh, what makes him stand above the others?
3: Yeah. Kent's interesting because I fully expect he's going to go in that six to nine half of that group, if you will. Um, but he, he, but he belongs right at the top of the draft in terms of those five forwards for me. And that isn't to say that I don't, that I I'm, I'm extremely confident that he's going to be a better player long-term than a William Eklund or a Dylan Gunther or a Mason McTavish. I mean, you go down the list, all of those kids are pretty darn good. Obviously Matt Bennears, I fully expect he's going to be the first forward taken. I think he'll probably go to Seattle at number two. Uh, but I really like Kent with the, with the puck on his stick. It's one thing. I mean, and he's got the obvious flair to his game, that that really sort of wow you factor where a couple of plays every game that he'll make are, are sort of of that highlight reel quality and pull you out of your seat. And I actually think people can fall prey to focusing a little bit too much on that that kind of quality in prospects. So maybe I've, I've been a, a culprit there this year, if you will. But his ability to, to really play at the top of the lineup, I expect that when he makes it, it's only going to be as a top six power play guy who can play with other talented players. So his ability to play in that kind of a role and make an impact in that kind of a role is pretty unique. And then it's not just about the hands. We always talk about the hands, but he's also a fabulous playmaker who does a really good job getting pucks from the perimeter and placing them into the middle of the ice for his teammates to pounce on. He's an underrated finisher around the net and around the slot. And the big question mark with Kent is, okay, he's a little bit of a skinny kid and kind of reminds of Elias Pettersson at the same age of a couple of years ago where Elias came in and he just looked like he hadn't really been in the gym. And Kent's the same way. He's he's never going to be a big, strong guy. And as a result, probably never going to be a great two way forward but I think his offensive ability is really going to pop. And I do expect that he'll add some muscle and that he'll be a little bit stronger once he gets to his NHL playing weight. And that that is going to be less of an issue because of his skill level and because of his talent. So I'm just a big, big fan of Kent. I think he belongs right at the top with, with Beniers and Eklund in terms of the top forwards in this draft. And I would still strongly consider taking those other two kids ahead of him, but for me, I just gave him the slight edge over the course of this season on the basis of his skill and on the talent level that he brings to the table, and ultimately the the kind of role that that projects into where it, it's not hard to imagine him as a first line winger who plays on your top power play unit.
1: Well, and we all know that um, you know that center position seems to be so so important, and uh, you know Kent Johnson is there. Um, Bernier is the guy we certainly see at number two what's he going to bring to the Kraken assuming that he is and and just while we're on the Kraken what do you think of the selections and what did and what didn't happen including all those drafts they've got tons of cap space um it, it really is intriguing as to how they might use that in around this draft and next week scott
3: yeah definitely i think everybody saw the list of of unprotected players and just assume that Vladimir Tarasenko and Max Domi and those kinds of names were going to be among the selections. But I actually like the way that they went about it. Obviously not having arranged side deals like Vegas did is a little bit disappointing for them. They were in a position of leverage and clearly didn't manage to use that leverage like they probably hoped they could. But I think beyond that, if you're just focusing on the picks that they made, that there were some sleuth picks there. And, and for my work in terms of the prospects world and some of the younger players, I mean, I think Vince Dunn is a fabulous defender who they obviously took over taking Tarasenko. And I'm a really big fan of of Flurry and, and the sort of d- potential that he has to be a top six sort of everyday, really good NHL defenseman. So I, I, I think there were some nice pieces there. I, I, I really like the, the sort of defense in particular. Obviously, Drager is going to be the X factor in terms of their success right out of the gate. But I think they've whether or not they're successful next year, whether or not Dreger can be their starter. I do think that they're extremely well positioned for the next couple of years to be able to capitalize on their cap space, add some big free agents, acquire salary, and, and really sort of build it up. And that starts tonight with the draft and with that second pick. Which I don't think it's a guarantee that it's Matt Veneers, but I suspect that that Matt Veneers is probably the most likely choice for them.
1: Do you think more teams, because of the uncertainty of the draft list and the challenges they've had, do you think teams will be more likely or more willing to trade a first-round pick this year than they may have been in the past, Scott? Uh,
3: yes, yes and no. Uh, I think the, there there is a perceived value on both ends of that kind of a transaction, whether it's dealing away a first-round pick or acquiring a first-round pick. I think the, per- the perception is this year that because it's a weaker draft, that that pick has less value. I actually tend to think that the inverse approach is probably going to be the better approach. I think teams that actually use the, the so-called lower value in this draft to their advantage by acquiring a lot of picks in this draft will actually end up winning out because you're going to pay a premium in the next two years for draft picks, the 2022 and 2023 class in particular are really, really strong. 2023 is looking special. So those two drafts, if you're going to pay a premium then versus now, I, I think there, there may even be some kind of a marketing efficiency there to say if everybody else thinks that this draft is weak, then maybe this is the exact kind of a draft that we should be acquiring draft capital. And if we get 10 picks and three of them become NHL players, then then we, we've done a good job, right? So I, I do think that's a worthwhile approach for them to take in terms of, acquiring talent this year. And and then the, on top of that, there are teams that have multiple picks. So I think that's an added flair, right? Mm-hmm. The, the, the New Jersey Devils have two firsts. The Columbus Blue Jackets have three firsts. The Minnesota Wild have two firsts. So I, I think there's always an inkling, whether rightly or wrongly. I think often wrongly, I, I think most often you should just keep those picks and draft them. But teams always feel like when they have an excess of something that they're more comfortable getting rid of it. So I think you could see... One of those three teams in particular, New Jersey, Columbus, um, the third team that I mentioned is slipping my mind here, but I, I think, oh, Minnesota, you could see one of those teams move one of those picks or or package two of those picks to move up or that kind of a thing. So I do think we're going to see some movement tonight
1: one of the other things that we talked about in specifically in relation to the jets you know they're picking middle of the round i guess 17th Mm -hmm. technically the 18th pick but we know that forfeit is going at 11 um they've only got four picks in the draft a one a two a three and a five yeah you know and the jets have always been, been a very good drafting team and they will stick to their list i mean if they're coming up to that point and they have three or four players that you would think that you know, have great value at that spot. Do you think it would be likely that teams like that would maybe be looking to potentially trade down to grab a couple more picks um, to essentially have more shots uh, at it? Um, knowing that you know, even if you move down from 18 to 26, or or even early in the second round and get another pick, some of the guys that you're interested in that you could pick at 18 might be there at that point.
3: Yeah, definitely. I think the Jets are a good case study in that, in terms of how things might play out. If only because I suspect that they'd like to draft a defenseman just after taking Cole Perfetti last year, and with the way that their group, in terms of their prospect pool, is now shaping up on defense outside of Billy Hingola, it's it's looking pretty thin. So I think they may feel some kind of urge to draft a defenseman this year, and if that's the case. I think that despite the fact that there's four defensemen that are going to go that in the top 10 and probably six in the top 20, there really aren't going to be great D there. And, and it's going to be a forward heavy sort of option, forward heavy set of options in terms of what's available to them in, in the late teens and to all the other teens in the late teens or early 20s. So inevitably more than six defensemen will go in the first round. That's just always how it is. But I think if they want to move back and grab a defenseman or if they like four or five forwards there and they want someone else, they feel comfortable having someone else slide up and take one of those kids, then there, there are options for them in terms of moving back this year because the drop off in talent Once you get out of that group of 12 that I talked about, there's a couple of other forwards after them by the name of Matt Coronado and Fedor Shvechkov, who I suspect will go in fairly quick succession in the early teens. But by the time it gets to the Jets, the true cream of the crop, both on defense and at forward will already be gone. And then you're into a tier from sort of 20 into the 30s where you're dealing with players who look a lot alike. So I do think that there could be value. If you can get two picks in the 30s, uh, or, or a pick in the late 20s and a pick in the 30s with that with that pick in, in the teens that the Jets have, that could make it really interesting.
1: Scott Wheeler of The Athletic is with us getting ready for tonight's first round of the NHL draft. Make sure you ca- uh, check out he and Corey Pronman's extensive draft preview and content at The Athletic. I want to ask you about, let's now for, we just talked about trading down, let's assume they don't do that and they're picking at 18 or 17 as it were two defensemen we've talked a lot about one of them is a winnipeg kid carson lambos who had a sort of a star cross year last year went to finland came back was only able to play two games with the winnipeg ice he's been thought of as a first round talent for a number of years likely he might be in that mix and the other guy that you know we don't know a lot about but have seen him in that area a big right shot defenseman which the jets certainly would like is uh from the Alberta Junior League, Brooks Bandits, Corison Kuhlman. Uh, give us your thoughts on those two players Um, who might be a better fit, who would you tab between the two, and uh, what Winnipeg might be thinking if both those players are available.
3: Yeah, those are those those fifth and sixth defensemen that I think are guaranteed to kind of go in the first round, and after that it, it opens up and you may only see a couple others. So Carson is is obviously a tricky one he had a, a medical procedure a couple of months ago he is now reportedly fully healthy but after a bit of a weird year where he didn't look great in those first two games that he played in with Winnipeg ice and where he looked good but not incredible not like the maybe top 10 top 15 pick that some thought he would be a year ago in Finland um, so the combination of both of those things his play in Finland and then the this medical issue that, that has been reported. Um, it, it makes it tricky taking him really high, but I do think that he belongs in that range. And I actually think that Carson would probably be my, my preference over Corson. Um, Kuhlman's is, is, is a little bit of a different case. He's headed off to the university of Wisconsin next year has, has shown the ability to play a physical sort of stand up, game defensively and then offensively he's got a big heavy shot he likes to play aggressively i think there's kind of a finesse problem solving element that's lacking in his game he's very much a player who just plays on instinct and throws his weight around and throws his shot around and that kind of a thing uh whereas lambos i think is a more refined player if you will but two very different players who offer a lot. And I think both of them probably top out as kind of second pairing guys. They're not going to be true stars at the next level, but I think if you can add a a second pairing defenseman in the mid to late first round, that's still good value, especially in this draft. So uh, I'm a fan of both and, and both are going to be a part of, of Canada's U 20 camp in Calgary. Uh, in a couple of weeks, sort of a week after the draft, if you will. So, uh, next Thursday it begins, I believe. So we'll we will, we'll get to learn a little bit more about Carson uh, Lambo's that is by that time. I'm I'm planning on touching base with Lambo's at the camp to really dig in on on the medical issue and try to report it publicly for the first time. But uh, both of them are are interesting in their own ways and and should and likely are strong considerations for the Jets.
1: That's awesome, Scott. Listen, this has been a great chat. Before we go, I do want to ask you, I mean, you've been all over this 24-7 for months. Um, everyone, I'm sure, that is in your line of work has a few players they really like that will think be great value picks. I mean, is there a player a player or two that you know might not be like top 20 projected that you're going to be paying close attention to where their name is called and think that whoever calls them got a steal?
3: Yeah, there are two names that come to mind. The the In fact, exactly two names. The first one is Sasha Pastujov, who played at the National Development Program this year. When Chaz Lucius went down with a knee surgery and ultimately missed almost the entire season, Pastujov was asked to step up and be the number one player offensively for, for Team USA. And I thought he did that in spades. He's a kid who is equal parts sort of playmaker and scorer. He can do it all offensively. He's committed himself this year in a big way. He committed himself to just the defensive game, to blocking shots, to being a guy that that they can trust in other situations. And the big concern with Sasha, and frankly, the only reason that Sasha may not be a first-round pick, is that he's perceived to have average skating And I just think that the game is not the track meet that we maybe make it up to be anymore. At least I I think out of the last couple of lockouts, it certainly trended that way, but I actually think the game has slowed down in significant ways, especially inside the offensive zone. Once you cross over that blue line, the game really does slow down. So I I think Pastor Jobs, a player who skating aside is going to be just fine and has all of the other tools of a first round pick, especially offensively. So he's a kid where if he lingers into the second round, I would be Very fond of of taking him, and then the second player is Logan Stankoven of the Kamloops Blazers, who is a five foot eight, five foot nine goal scorer who I've had described to me as a terror inside the offensive zone and and sort of around the hash marks. So Stankoven's a kid who, because of his size, as tends to happen, could linger maybe a little bit longer than he should. But I think if he's available in the second round, he looks. A lot like this sort of diminutive goal scorers that we are increasingly seeing breaking into the league these days. So Stankoven and Pastor Job, I think, both have a chance to be top nine NHL forwards and to play on the power play and to be impactful offensively. And when you can get that in the second round, which I think you might be able to for both of those kids, that's a big deal. So those are the two names I would I would hone in on.
1: Scott, thanks so much for doing this. Really enjoyed all the coverage leading into the draft. Actually, folks, if you haven't already, it was a great Q&A today. of some more interesting stuff that you can see at The Athletic. And uh, fill us in on uh, what you and the rest of the gang at The Athletic are going to have throughout the weekend. I know it's just getting started for you all.
3: Yeah, for me, it's just analysis at this point. I've done all the storytelling and profiling these kids and talking to these kids and, and sort of trying to tell all the important stories before the draft. And now it's just about breaking it all down. So I'll have pick by pick analysis uh, by the end of tonight on the first round. And then tomorrow's the monster. It's trying to break down the next 190 picks, right? So um, that that's a monster. I don't know all of those kids. I try to be upfront about the kids that I know and the kids that I don't, but there should be by the end of tomorrow analysis of, probably about 200 of the 224 players that are selected. So that's the goal for the weekend for me. And then for my colleagues, it's just uh, digging in on the individual players and all of the prospects that their teams take. So really looking forward to sort of reading and following along with that coverage. We've got a pretty darn good team.
1: Uh, I could not agree more. Thanks so much for doing this, Scott. It was great having you on the program and uh, enjoy the weekend and uh, the picks flying off the board. Thank you. (laughs) Great stuff. There's Scott Wheeler. Give him a follow on Twitter at Scott C Wheeler and check out his work along with our pal Tesh over at the athletic. All right. We'll focus in on the jets with Ted Wyman in just a second. Before we do that, big shout out to our friends at not auto corp with us on Winnipeg sports talk from day one. If you're thinking about a new whip, why not get into the vehicle of your dreams at a great price with the help of the not team pop by and visit them at Waverly and McGillivray. Check them out online and if you're in a vehicle that uh, may in a lease or a vehicle that you're looking to sell, talk to them about their very successful consignment program to get maximum value for your current vehicle while moving into the next one for you and your family. Not Auto Corp, Waverly and & McGillivray, and online at not.ca. The weekend is here. May I suggest the Summer Lager from a Little Brown Jug? Maybe the Hefeweizen, both available in the Summer Variety Pack. Um, not sure where they're at this weekend, but always around. They've been to Victoria Beach, farmer's markets, gardening centers. Check out the events page if you want to hook up a Little Brown Jug on the weekend. And of course, the tap room is open right now. You can pop in there, have a few cold 1919s on the patio, slice a pizza, grab some beer to go home, as well as all the merch. And I will suggest, now I'm drinking a Diet Pepsi right now, but the 1919 koozie that I have right here, Elite for the 16-ounce can, And then if you're, say, having a pop, folds down. That's what we call functionality here, folks. Great koozie. You can pick those up over at uh, Little Brown Jug as well. Enjoy the weekend with the 1919 or the Summer Variety Pack. Big thanks to LBJ for their support of Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. And our friends out at Breezy Bend, the course could not be more mint right now. Uh, They're still buzzing over Braxton Koontz, winning the amateur this week. And on our... Breezy Bend Golf Report. We got a Canadian flag at the top of the leaderboard. Roger Sloan is 10 under par. He's got a one-shot lead on Bo Hogan, Ches Reevy, and Johnny Vegas at the 3M Open just outside Minneapolis. Usually we're talking about Corey Connors and Mac Hughes, but Roger Sloan getting the, uh, the flag up to the top of the leaderboard. Great performance for him so far. Big thanks to Breezy Bend for their support. If you're thinking about a great golfing home for your family next year, Give Corey Johnson a call over there or check them out online at breezybend.ca. All right, let's welcome in our good friend from the Winnipeg Sun, Ted Wyman, to Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Ted, what's going on? How are you
0: doing, my friend? I'm doing great, Hustler. Absolutely great to talk to you. And I'm always pleased that you always talk about beer before you introduce me every time. You know
1: what? It's uh, it's a perfect, it's a Friday afternoon. I think we all have uh, a couple of these on our mind heading in and uh, also the draft on our mind as well. And I will say, just an absolutely fire look for you today. I'm not sure what that print is right now, but the combination of that shirt with that hat, uh, it's definitely a top five look in the history of Winnipeg Sports Talk so far through 99 episodes, Ted. Thoughts on uh, how the Jets played their cards for the expansion draft? protecting Stanley and uh, not losing a defense. And there's a lot of concern that Dylan DeMello might be a Kraken.
0: Yeah, I think it worked out great for the Jets, to be honest, Andrew. I, and and I, don't, I don't mean that, I mean that with any disrespect to work. Towards Appleton because he's been a good player for the Jets. He's a player that they drafted. He's a player they developed. He's a player that came up and, and you know, had a pretty good season last year with 25 points, 12 goals, even while playing third-line minutes. And, you know, that's a loss for the Jets, there's no doubt. But this team could not afford to lose one of their defensemen. They need to add defensemen. They need to get better than what they were last year. They couldn't afford to lose DeMello, who was a very steady player. I don't blame them for protecting Stanley. I mean, Seattle was going to take him. They would have taken him for sure. He's 23 years old. He's 6'7". He's 230 pounds. There's not very many guys. I, like I, I agree 100%. I mean, that was, if he was
1: exposed, he was gone. And Shebel said as much yesterday, even if Seattle didn't want him, the amount of interest they had around the league, seeing if they would be willing to trade Logan Stanley, let them know that that was the guy. If they wanted to keep him, they absolutely had to pick. Much different on that contract than Dylan DeMello, and no offense to Dylan DeMello, very important player, but the guy with not a lot of offense at $3 million a year, the value on Stanley and Appleton's contracts for a team that was so value conscious like Seattle um, to me was clearly more. And that's why they did the right thing with the guy they pe- they protected.
0: Yeah. And it was a risk us. There's no doubt about it because they risked losing Dylan DeMello and they couldn't really afford to lose him. but that wasn't the player that Seattle wanted. They, you know, they were very interested in Stanley. They weren't as interested in DeMello. There was maybe some Intel that let the jets know that. And they, they let, you know, They put Mason Appleton out there as well, and that's who Seattle took. They didn't want to lose a player at all, no doubt. The Jets would have loved to keep everybody that was a key player for them last year, but that's not the way it worked out. And, uh, you know, I mean, the Jets, I think, are sad to see Mason Appleton go, but they're wishing him best of luck in Seattle because uh, he's worked hard to get to this point.
1: Oh, you know, Appleton is such a great story. And you know what? Credit to the drafting and developing of the Jets. I mean, the way he came through and he's really has a guy that has earned his opportunity at every level. I'm not sure whether they envisioned him turning into the player that he was when they picked him in the sixth round, but um, he did it. And you know what? It, it is a loss, but there's no doubt. They could afford to lose a forward much more than they could lose a defenseman. All that being said, Ted, to your point, they still need to add. We know that the target is going to be a defenseman, preferably on the right side. Um, The good news, DeMello still a Winnipeg Jet. The bad news, Adam Larson signed with Seattle. Jamie Alexiak signed with Seattle. I know a lot of people around here aren't big fans of uh, Ristolainen, but he was apparently a a defenseman that the Jets were interested in. He's now been traded. How do you see, uh, what do you make of the Jets situation right now heading into the draft and free agency next week? Still needing to add with some of the guys that we talked about off the board.
0: Well, it's hard to pick that particular name out that you want, right? I mean, that's the thing. And you talked to Chevy yesterday, and that's what he was saying: is you know, we'd love to ideally grab a right shooting defenseman, maybe one that's six foot four, two hundred and sixty pounds, and uh, can ragdoll two guys at once. That's exactly what he said, and we all know who he's talking about. But that guy's not available, and there's no one else like him in the NHL. So it's just going to be a matter of of you know doing everything he can for Kevin Shevelday to go and find a player that come in here and make a difference. And I think he's willing to make it a left side guy. If it has to be move somebody to the right side. I mean, other teams do it. They play left, left-handed shots on the right side. The jets are going to have to figure something out in that area because they have left-handed shots all over the place. There's hardly any right-handed shots up front either. And, and not really many in the system. I mean, this is a team that's been very focused. You know, they didn't intentionally do it that way, but that's what they've got. They've got left side guys. They're going to have to play some guys on the wrong side, probably up front. They're going to have to play some guys on the wrong side on the blue line if it comes to that. But I don't think too many fans in Winnipeg are going to be impressed if what they see is the same kind of group as last year on the blue line. I mean, yeah, maybe you're going to add Billy Hanola to that group. Maybe at some point Dylan Sandberg, but those guys are left shots as well. Um, And, you know, I don't think he's going to want to play a rookie on the right side. So, it's really a, not an easy situation for Shovel. They have to come up with the right player here. And, uh, and, and also, we've been hearing that there's a more reluctance than ever from free agents to go to Canada right now because of all the things that are going on here in the way that the pandemic is. uh The rules,
1: handled. Ted. It's the rules.
0: <laughs> oh, I well, I'm telling you, though, it, it, it does sound like that's the case with players, and that's just really unfortunate. It was already hard for the Jets or any other Canadian team to attract players here. Maybe it's even harder now.
1: Well, and I guess that would mean it's probably more likely that they acquire somebody through trade, which I think would make this weekend more interesting than maybe it normally is for the Winnipeg Jets. We were speaking earlier, Ted, about the fact that, you know, this team, they only have four picks, but they do have their first, second, and third, as well as a fifth. The uncertainty of this draft... I would imagine that even the Jets scouts who've done such a good job, probably go into this without as good of a handle. I don't know if anyone has as good of a handle on this draft as they normally would. Do you think it's more likely that the jets in this situation might be willing to move off that first pick? If it means getting somebody to come in and be part of that top six immediately.
0: Well, that's certainly the more important thing for this team right now, but it's not the only thing. And they do need to replenish some of the stockpile they have in terms of prospects. They've, you know, guys have come and gone now in that area. Um, Just even thinking about Mason Appleton alone, but there's, there's other players that that's happened with. And, and it's not as rosy a picture in terms of prospects for the Jets as it once was. So they've only had, they only had four picks last year. They only have four picks this year. Um, This has been, they've, they've traded away first round picks in previous years as well. That's sort of the price of success, but You can't afford to always be trading those picks away. So I'm not sure that they move off of it. I mean, uh, I was looking at it yesterday and thinking, well, who are some guys that they've picked in that range before? Well, Kyle Connor was the 17th pick. This is going to be the 17th pick of the draft that the Jets have because Arizona doesn't have a pick. Um, You know, they picked up uh, Billy Hanala at number 20. Um, There's been players that have been good for them that they've picked in that area. Logan Stanley was a number 18. It's not like you can't get somebody good in that area. Uh, I mean, Connor has been their best goal scorer for the last two years and he fell that far. So I would not be trading that pick um, unless it's, you know, just that absolute perfect player that they are looking for, which they've been looking for for a long time. I know uh, somebody mentioned in a tweet when I tweeted my story from yesterday saying, Jeff Sebi's priority is to, you know do well in the draft but even more so to improve the blue line immediately and their response was was this from 2020 or 2021
1: <laughs> yeah i mean listen there's no doubt it's been a work in progress over the course of the last couple of years and i think they really thought that you know the de mello is such an interesting oh, no. player ted in that you know he came from ottawa he re-signed no, he came- for the four years he was a player that you know, we knew was capable of playing in the top four. And yet for most of the season, he was sort of that safety valve, if you will, with the young, often inexperienced um, partner on the third pairing. And then yet at the end of the season, we saw him move up with Josh Morrissey and played very well in that Edmonton series. He's a guy that I think you could make an argument that could just go and play with Morrissey. And, you know, then you're figuring out who's playing with Pionk and what that third pairing is like. But I think ideally for the Winnipeg Jets, they'd like to bring in another guy that could play with Morrissey or at least on a second pairing if they want to move Pionk up there and have DeMello able to move up and down the lineup as well as play a significant portion of the PK time.
0: Absolutely. Steady defenseman, analytically strong, um, does you know just does his job out there. And I think he comes across to me as a pretty calming influence amongst that whole group of defensemen and on that team in general. And I like his social conscience, the way he talks on Twitter. He's in tune with what's going on in the world. He seems to be very community-minded. I think everything about, and he wanted to be in Winnipeg. He was going to become an unrestricted free agent. He signed here before he became an unrestricted free agent. Those are important things for the Winnipeg Jets. It must have been very hard for them to expose him in the expansion draft when you consider all those things. But I do think Dylan DeMello is an important player for the Jets, and especially something you mentioned, which is the versatility that he can be a top-line guy if you need him to be, but he also fits right into that role on the third pairing as well and is an excellent penalty killer.
1: Yeah, I, you know what, it is, I mean, let's face it, they did dodge a bullet. And, I mean, I've been wanting, I was one of the first people talking about even the possibility of Stanley being protected. Uh, I, I, I mean, I'm very high on his potential. I think he'll turn into a real solid player, wanted them to keep him but I did think that they might have to make some sort of a deal to make sure that Dylan DeMello wasn't picked. So, you know, I think it's worked out about as good as it could be expected or hoped for from a Jets fan perspective up until this point, Ted. But considering still the need on that blue line, if you had to bet right now, is it more likely that we're talking about a new defenseman from the Winnipeg Jets on Monday's show or later on next week after we get into free agency?
0: If I had to bet, uh, you know, as you already brought up, it's very hard to entice, or I brought it up, I think, to, it's very yeah. hard to entice those free agents to come here. So I would bet that it would have to be more likely through trade. But, of course, I already mentioned that I don't love the idea of them trading that first-round pick. Um, you know, I think when we did our You Be the Boss section uh, in the in the Sun, Hus fans said, absolutely trade one of your better forwards or a top line defenseman, if you can. Um, and I don't know which guy they're talking about in that situation, but you know, if you're talking Kyle Connor, it better be a heck of a good defenseman coming back. You know, um, so I'm not sure I want to make that move. And then, are you going to trade a Billy Hanala or a Dylan Sandberg or a Cole Perfetti? Those are all tough to do as well. But that might be what it takes. It might be something along those lines if you want to get that name in here. And honestly, if we're talking. Through free agency, my guess is it's going to be a lower, a lesser name than people are hoping for. You know, maybe somebody more like Derek Corbett, who was here last year and did an excellent job for the Jets, to be totally honest. I think he uh, earned himself another contract somewhere, if not here, but not really the top guy that people have in mind that's going to really make this team better than what it was last year. So it's a really tough bet there. And I know you like the betting. I'm not as much into it as you are, but you know, I I think if you're getting the name player or the guy that really fits the bill, it's going to have to be through trade.
1: Uh, Ted, do you think uh, either Stastny or Perot will be back with the Jets next season?
0: Um, yeah, I, I, I'd love to make the prediction that, uh, that it's yes, because I think those guys are both excellent members of the Winnipeg Jets family. They've been there for, uh, you know, Stastny hasn't been there that long, but man, he really makes an impact when he's here, doesn't he? And he was such a big part of the leadership group of the team last year. I think a real calming influence in that group. And Matty Perot has been here seven years. He's established in Winnipeg, has a house in Winnipeg. I think he's a, a guy that would love to be back if he could, but at some point, you know, maybe the Jets have to move on and start playing some of the younger guys more. And I'm thinking Jansen Harkins right now, who didn't get a lot of time with this team last year, but he, he played well the season before. Everybody thought he was going to be a regular last year. Well, the time is coming for him to, to be in there a lot more. That being said, the Jets are going to have to sign a few guys because Thompson is a free agent as well. Lewis is a free agent with Stastny and Perot as well up front. That's four guys that were in the starting twelve last year. So at some, you know, I don't think they're bringing up all guys, uh, you know, who were. Uh, I think maybe maybe's coming in and Harkins, but there's not that many more guys that I'm sure are ready to come in. Maybe Perfetti, I'm not sure he's quite ready either. But at some point, you're going to have to sign some veteran depth guys at very least. And why wouldn't Matty Perot be a fit for that?
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, if the money works, both of those guys are going to need to take some pretty, a pretty significant haircut from their salaries from last year. I mean, Stastny was at 6'5", and Perot was over 4'. Um, there's not going to be that money for either yeah, of those players crazy. and, and yeah, <laughs> anywhere right now, um, but it is interesting. And I guess the other guy that I, I think we should expect to be in that starting lineup, probably centering the fourth line, is David Gustafson, who by all accounts, is ready to go. He's the MVP of the Moose last year, and this sort of did seem the plan for him. Um, but I have to say, I mean, considering the way the season ended and what the coaching staff had to say about Christian Veselinan and the season or lack thereof that Jansen Harkins had, I wouldn't be surprised if it's, in fact, Veselinan that gets the first crack at the Lowry line, assuming that Andrew Kopp is back, and they're just basically looking for a replacement for Mason Appleton, who really flourished in that role.
0: He got a bit of an endorsement from Kevin Shevelday yesterday immediately saying, you know, when 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 it was brought up to him, you have to go out and sign players to make up for the pieces that you've lost in terms of uh, in terms of Appleton not being there. And he immediately said maybe Veselainen moves to the right wing and you give him a shot there. I thought Veselainen looked pretty good in the games that he played. You know, I really did. I thought he he plays with some speed. He's got uh, some passing ability he can move in the corners cuz he's big. The one thing he hasn't done at all is score and I mean at some point it, for the amount of games he's into his career now I think you know you'd expect that to have happened but he hasn't really been given a ton of chances in scoring situations but that's the one thing we have to wait and see if it's coming from him. And uh, the Jets seem to like him. Maurice likes him. Sheveldayoff mentioned him yesterday. I think that's the guy that's going to get an opportunity. You know,
1: Ted, I was going to bring this up, and I'm already seeing some people mention it in the chat, so I will. Um, Pierre-Luc Dubois, this team paid a huge price to get Dubois. The season didn't go as well as he certainly would have liked last year. Do you think that there, would there be any consideration of the Winnipeg Jets if they were looking to get a good, solid young defenseman under team control under term potentially moving off of Dubois and replacing that spot in the lineup with a strong player on the blue line?
0: It's not really something that crossed my mind that much, to be honest, but, you know, maybe. Uh, the guy did not do much for the Winnipeg Jets last year. I think they'd really like to see what he can do because, obviously, he wasn't comfortable all of last season. He This is his time when he has to become comfortable, it's time for him to, to, to make things happen. And uh, I think that the jets are going to probably have to think about trading him. If the situation is that he is, you know, that he's a he's going to be a restricted free agent at the end of next season. And he's going to be an expensive player, much like Patrick Liney would have been, they traded Patrick Laine a, a year before he was going to become a restricted free agent again. And maybe you do that with a Pierre-Luc Dubois if you just don't feel like you got the return that you were expecting. I don't think he contributed much to the team last year. And if that's the case and you think you can get that D-man for him, it's not a terrible idea. Ted
1: Wyman of the Winnipeg Suns with us here on Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Hey, Ted, just before we go, are uh, you hearing any buzz around Bomber Camp? Hard to believe we're less than two weeks away from hopefully filling that stadium on the 5th of August and welcoming back the CFL and really getting together in a large group as a community for the first time in like, a year and a half.
0: Well, lots of buzz out there, no doubt about it. But a lot of it is uh, when does this training camp end exactly? And that's not just from the players. I think it's the media guys as well. Um where Bob Irving never really cared for uh, training camp in the first place. He's been doing it for 47 years and uh, <laughs> here he is on day 14 is standing out in the blistering heat and the smoke and all that different stuff. But, um, you know, worse for the players, right? Because they're out there every day. It doesn't seem like there's any end in sight uh, for that. And they don't have any preseason games to break it up. Right. Like, uh, They they didn't have an, usually there's a preseason game. There might be some travel involved in that. There might be a day off, kind of a walk through the day before, and then you're playing a game. And in this case, there's really, you know, just practice after practice after practice. It's pretty grueling, I would imagine, but you got to get ready for a season. and, uh, And it's after two years of inactivity, that's not the easiest thing in the world to do. So Mike O'Shea is putting them through the drills, ramping it up every day, And getting them going. One guy who has not been going is Andrew Harris. And that's an interesting scenario because obviously he was the superstar of the team last year and in the last few years. He's a great running back, one of the best Canadians of all time in the CFL's leading rusher three years in a row. But, you know, he didn't sound like he was particularly focused on football. Uh, in the time leading up to the uh, training camp. And then he's injured after day two and hasn't been out there for 10 days or more. And apparently there's a little conflict. Even Mike O'Shea admitted there's a little conflict because Harris wants in and O'Shea doesn't want to rush him into anything. But the question I have is if he wasn't totally focused on it and maybe was not in the best of, you know, absolutely tip-top shape when camp started, now he's missed 10 days. How long is it going to take him to get ready to be, you know, that tailback on uh, day one against Hamilton?
1: Well, nothing like a little drama to spice up training camp, huh? It's boring just doing the same thing every day, Ted. Gives us something to talk about.
0: True. And then the injury to Darvin Adams, which we're hearing is maybe not long-term, but not, you know, he's not going to be back right away. Rasheed Bailey, who is a starter at the end of last season, has been out. So there's been some newer receivers getting a chance to get in there and make some plays and I think that's probably a good thing for this bomber team because they had basically bringing back the exact same offense that they had last year minus or two years ago I should say minus Chris Strebler who was the backup quarterback at the time and now you're going to you know they need to know who else can come in here because there are going to be injuries and they're not going to get any of these guys into any preseason games to find out what they can do it's not an easy job to even pick the team period but You know, I I think that that's one of the reasons why O'Shea is being more cautious with veterans. It's like, if I need to sit these guys out for a few games, I know what they can do. I don't know what these other guys can do, and we're going to find out.
1: Ted, I have to tell you, you have come into this program when you've been on with us with some of the best backgrounds so far. Lots of comments on the blue stove. People are loving that. I have to ask you, though, the Manhattan picture in the background – Did you happen to get that when we were in New York? And if you were going to get one of those, why wouldn't you get the Bronx where we went to a house party unannounced on a Saturday night? One of the most hilarious road nights I've ever been involved in.
0: I'm going to tell you, you can't see it on there, but that is Manhattan. And the place that we went was Washington Heights, which is actually part of Manhattan, not part of the Bronx. It's actually uh, to the west of the Bronx. So it's on there. I thought about it when I got it, but uh, <laughs> I did not buy it that day. I don't think I even remember that day. Good USA. times.
1: Shout out to our friends, Joe Easy and the crew, if they're watching somewhere on YouTube from uh, from, from New York City. Um, Ted, awesome stuff. I, I imagine you guys will have plenty of draft coverage and uh, obviously Bombers camp, but specifically the draft uh, in the Winnipeg Sun this weekend.
0: Oh, yeah. Tons of draft coverage. Uh, I'll be covering that tonight and all day tomorrow. We'll be all over Bomber Camp, as we always are. And uh, we're also doing a little uh, uh, Blue Bomber preview section that's going to come out just before the season starts. And one thing I wanted to note, like, uh, Paul Friesen wrote a series on the Blue Bombers last November. It was just a was fantastic awesome. series. And uh, partnering with the Blue Bombers, with Wade Miller, uh, Wade Miller and Paul Friesen, this is hard to believe, is a, is a tandem here, but they sort of partnered. And the, the Blue Bombers are putting out a book using Paul's uh, stories and uh, packaging it all together. And it's going to be on sale at the bomber store and it's going to be with uh, proceeds going to Winnipeg Harvest. So that's something that you'll be able to pick up uh, around the beginning of the season. And I, I think it's well worth it.
1: You know, I'm so glad you brought that up because you are right. I mean, if you know, it's something big and important. If Freezer and Wade Miller are coming together to put something out as a product. Listen, I agree. The stories were amazing. Bomber fans will definitely want to pick that up going forward. And uh, obviously the guys in the sun will have all that information for us going forward. Ted, thanks a lot. A number of comments in my favorite one from Jeff. I had no idea that Ted Wyman had that kind of drip. What a, great way to, what a great way to finish off the program, buddy. Have an awesome weekend. Let's do this again soon. Always love chatting with you, pal. All
0: right. Great to see you, Huss. Have a good one. <laughs> there is
1: the man himself, Ted Wyman. You can follow him on Twitter at Ted underscore Wyman and check out uh, all of his draft coverage at the uh, Sun, well, obviously in the Sun newspaper, as well as on the Winnipeg Sun website. Great stuff with Ted. And big thanks to Scott Wheeler for joining us as well. Um, do want to get to the Jets schedule with Michael Remus. We've got some cool bet draft odds for you. And if you're with us on YouTube, don't go anywhere because we will be doing a marble race in a few minutes. I've uh, got a gift cert from Boston Pizza, a couple of cakes from Nick and Nicky DQ. So it should be a great way to finish up the week and get us ready for a big show on Monday, which is show number 100. Uh, before we do that, shout out to our friends at Assiniboia Downs. Told you yesterday, fans are back beginning on Monday 50% capacity in the, the the main floor and outdoor terrace. Uh, you just have to be vaccinated, much like going to uh, double vaccinated with your card or proof of it, much like a bomber game or Gold Eyes when they're coming back. Um, and we've got another event coming. They're bringing in the food trucks. And, uh, of course, the VLTs and the Terrace Dining Room are open right now. Uh, but you have to make reservations for the dining room. VLTs right now back open from 9 a.m., to twelve fifteen. find out more on everything going on at the track at asdowns.com and a big shout out to our friends at akins lake hopefully smoke clear and people getting back up there obviously with the border opening at august love lots of their american customers coming back but if you haven't already check out akinslake.com find out more on how you and uh, your gang might be able to be a part of an absolutely incredible world-class fishing experience and be on the water in less than 2 hours from the city of Winnipeg akinslake.com or uh hit up our friend Pitt Perrin at akinslake on twitter. All right, let's get Remus back in here. Um Reem just your comments on Ted and uh, the Jeff the 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 text from Jeff was perfect. And I I agree. I didn't know that Ted Wyman had that kind of drip.
2: That was one of the best outfits uh, in the history of this show, all time. Uh, no all question. Time. Everyone in chat was uh, buzzing for that, buzzing for uh, the shirt, the hat, com- the combo, the oven that was teal. Um, elite. I I said before to you, we had. I said, oh Ted, you know he always brings good backgrounds. You know he's at the cabin <laughs> yeah. one time. He, does. Um, he he had the you know mindset to turn his TV on and put on the fish tank channel. So. Uh, he knows he knows that he's on YouTube and he's got to look good. So uh, he's welcome back anytime. That was that was incredible.
1: Uh, anyways, a great chat with uh, with yeah. Ted, and uh, he'll have lots of great coverage on that. Uh, on this
2: weekend. There are people who only listen on the podcast too. So if you want to see what we're talking about, come to our YouTube <laughs> channel. Go to the yeah. show, and I put in the description. You know the time that each person is on. It is a chapter, so you'll be able to find it pretty easily. And uh, that was a, a great segment.
1: Unprecedented swag from Ted on Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily today. It was great stuff. All right, listen, before we get to the draft lines for tonight, um, let's get to uh, the schedule ream. And, you know, I just quickly touched on this a little earlier. I'm just going to get it up in the list format. Um, Just kind of a bizarre start to the season. The first thing that you notice, I know there's a lot of people that love going down on the California trip. Well, you better be ready to do it early because the Jets start the season on the road in Anaheim, then go to San Jose and Minnesota before coming home to play Anaheim again, then a home game against Nashville, and then on the road to play Anaheim again. They they played three games against Anaheim in the first six games of the season, and the one extended California trip is game six through eight of the regular season. October 26th, the Ducks, the 28th at the Kings, and October 30th at San Jose. At which point the Jets then come back for their longest homestand of the season, seven games, with Dallas, Chicago, the Islanders, St. Louis, San Jose, L.A., and Edmonton coming into town. Um, sort of a bizarre way for the series, the uh, the schedule to start. But considering Ream that Anaheim, I think, is supposed to be kind of a still a young team, uh, might be a good way for the Jets to start well if they can, you know, pick up two points in those games.
2: Yeah, that is a uh, that is weird um, that they would play the road opener against you know the season opener against Anaheim and then play the home opener uh, against Anaheim and then go again. So I guess getting these West Coast games, uh, maybe we won't hear any complaints about you know West Coast travel later on in the season. They can just get it out of the way early. Um, But that is uh, I don't know who's making the schedule. I'm sure it's extremely challenging to put together. But uh, there it is, uh, West Coast getting out of the way. The two trips kind of sucks if you were planning on going like in the winter or something. You know, sometimes well, no, definitely on the yeah.
1: California trip. There are a couple of good ones, which we'll get to in a minute. Um, I don't know if anyone in chat wants to check is Black Friday in the States, November 26th is US Thanksgiving, November 25th. Because if that's the case, I'm assuming will, the, the Jets are at Minnesota that day. Um, so that would be a great time yeah. to get down to the, the Twin Cities and check confirmed. out the Jets on the road. Oh, perfect. Um, and then uh, the Jets playing actually back-to-back. They go to Calgary the next night. It's fu- It's
2: funny. That's not the first time um, the Jets have played Minnesota on Black Friday. I remember no, Connor, no, I Connor it, like played his first game, and I remember because that Black Friday I bought, uh, I bought a PS4. So maybe I will, I will do it again and buy a PS5 uh, this Black Friday. We'll, we'll see what know, the deals are if
1: i'm not if I'm not mistaken, um, the first ever match, remember the match with uh, like Tiger and Phil? Mm-hmm. That was on a Black Friday afternoon, and the Jets were playing the afternoon game that day against the uh, the Minnesota Wild as well. So it's probably a great time for Winnipeg to be there. Certainly good for visiting fans to pop in and see the game. Great atmosphere. Um December, the team is home. They do play their first game at the Kraken thursday december 9th and then friday december 10th that would be a really awesome quick two-game roadie to go if you're Mm -hmm. a fan get to seattle get back up to vancouver for the game the next night um heading into well new year's eve they're in calgary and then i think there'll be a lot of people that'll be thinking about this january cold as you know what here in the peg how about sunday january 2nd at vegas And then Tuesday, January 4th at Arizona. And then if you really wanted to make it a great trip, you can hit Denver on the way home on Thursday, January the 6th. Um, After that, though, Remus, we get to see the Kraken for the first time on Saturday, January the Mm. 8th. And the Jets actually host the Kraken twice. They'll also have the newest NHL team come to Winnipeg on the 13th of April. And I do know when everyone's splitting up their season tickets this year, I think that'll actually be a hot ticket, despite the fact that the team might not be, you know, Stanley Cup caliber. I think a lot of people will be interested to uh, see the newest team as well as former Jet Mason Appleton.
2: I want to see those jerseys uh, looking, looking good. But also Mason Appleton, I think we can expect an Appleton uh, tribute video, including Moose and hundred uh, percent oh, Moose and 100%. Jets, uh, Jets videos. I know Daniel Fink, play-by-play voice of the Moose, said you know Appleton has a number of rookie records from Moose that had stood for a while. So uh, he made his mark here. A great player. Uh, we did have a video of you and Scott uh, the other day touching on it, and you and Ted uh, and Ken, you know, over the last couple of days, but. Uh, gonna. I think they're gonna miss him. He's a good player, and you know what? We wish him all success. And every team had to lose a player, so uh, you know, you know, best of luck. And maybe he'll be on a line with uh, Brandon Tanev, a couple, you know, Jets third line alumni together. I could see that being yeah. a, a really good
1: uh, match. Uh, Jets finish off the season at the end of April with three games at home: Avalanche on the 24th of April, Philly on the 27th, and finishing it up on a Friday night against the Calgary Flames. Uh, But Reem, the one thing that is the most startling, and if you're just kind of going through the games, you might miss it. There are no games between February 1st Mm -hmm. and February 23rd. And the Winnipeg Jets don't play at home between January 27th against the Canucks and the 1st of March. And of course, because we have a built-in Olympic break, and I know not everything is finalized right now, but as someone that wants more than anything to see best on best in the Olympics. I'm glad that it's in there because if it wasn't, that would have been a really bad sign for hockey fans.
2: Yeah, they put it in there. I think it's easier for them to, you know, switch things around and put in a break than, you know, take things out. So, we'll wait and see. I think I mean, I think that you can take that as a good sign that there are are optimistic that they can work out a deal to send NHL players to the Olympics and I think everyone wants that and uh, again you're nice that there there is a break there there's all, i think i don't know if we mentioned the all-star break as well i think it's like right around um when the pro bowl is two um so yeah february Wait a second
1: they're doing an all-star game and the olympics
2: yeah gotta get that uh that <laughs> revenue us come on gotta appease the sponsors let me just confirm vegas to host nhl 22 all-star weekend um, I think it's like right before the Pro Bowl too. So if you're in like Vegas around that time,
1: I'm oh, trying to, what a great betting weekend. That'll be NHL all-star game right into the Pro Bowl. That would be the, that's the most D If you're betting and I'll listen, hands up. I bet on the Pro Bowl before, uh, but it'll be, it'll be slim pickings right in and around there. Of course, that's the oh, weekend here is. as we go into the, um, it's in Vegas. So like, that's pretty cool. Right better than a lot of other spots who doesn't like going to vegas and i think there's a lot of people that want to go back i'd personally rather go to vegas to see the jets play than um than the all-star game but uh, i guess the all-star game still has a still has some attraction uh yes yes uh
2: i i agree it's some some attraction is a good way to put it so i'm trying to find out the actual date of this thing and, uh, every article it's like, yeah, Vegas is going to be the 2022 game, but like doesn't have the date. So I'm think it's, I'm pretty sure it's around early February.
1: Well, uh, that'll be interesting. And I know, so I would think it was Sean Gagne that said there's a secret second schedule without an Olympic break. Um, I do know they were working on both of those. We've got the one with the Olympics. We'll have cross our fingers that we'll get to see Canada go up against the world and, at the Olympics. And uh, if it doesn't happen, we'll probably have somewhat of an altered schedule for the national hockey league. And Dom was wondering why it's not going to start right on October 1st. Um, Listen, because the season just ended. <laughs> I think it's a simple answer for that. They, you know, they do need some off season time, especially for the teams that went far. Uh, so we'll have to wait a little bit longer, but we'll be ready for it when, uh, when the puck comes back. All right. Do you want to get to our cool bet lines for tonight? And Remo, if you go to CoolBet.com right now, again, folks, if you've never uh, bet there before, you can uh, use the promo code WST and uh, you'll get a 100% bonus up to $200 on your, first, on your first deposit. And Remo, we've got some draft props for tonight. Where? First overall, first overall, you got to click on hockey. Okay. And, and then you'll see it'll come up the, oh. um, the uh, NHL. There you go. So Owen Power, heavy favorite to be first overall. Matt Berniers six to one. Berniers is the guy. As we talk with Scott Wheeler, I think everyone's expecting to go second overall. You can get him at minus four hundred. Heard I saw a couple guys that I do respect talking about William Eklund, potentially as that pick. Eleven to one might be worth a sprinkle. Uh, and then you get to the third overall pick, which is quite interesting. Eklund, Dylan Gunther, and Berniers at plus six fifty. That is probably where he'd go if he didn't, if he wasn't selected third overall. They've also got over unders on a number of players as to where they will be selected. You can check all of that uh, as well as some head to heads. So uh, all of that there at CoolBet.com. And we won't go through all of them. But we can tell you that the uh, Olympics are underway. Opening ceremonies were, I guess, this morning for Canadians. And um, it's all on. The the one thing that I will tell you, check out the triathlon. Our guy, Tyler Mislachuk, Sunday night, I think around 6 o'clock our time. Check your local listings. But the triathlon will go. The pride of Winnipeg, Manitoba. I've already got him at 8 to 1 to get onto the podium. Really looking forward to seeing what our guy Tyler can do and hopefully can come back with a little bit of hardware uh, back to Canada after the Olympics. So it should be a fun weekend. Lots of things to watch and bet on if you like over at coolbet.com. Mm-hmm. Remo, you know, I have to admit, it was weird. I watched a little bit of the soccer earlier and I didn't realize that, hey, I guess the, Olymp- the Olympics had started, but the opening ceremonies hadn't started. But This is a weirder feeling about the Olympics than any I've ever had before, just with the no fans, what the athletes are going through. And I know there's a lot of people that have been critical that it's going on. I really do believe these athletes deserve the opportunity to compete for Olympic gold, having missed last year and having it being an event that happens every four years. But uh, I don't think there's any doubt this is going to be the weirdest Olympics that we've ever seen.
2: Uh, yeah, there's no fans there. Uh, and I agree. I mean, these people got really uh, screwed last year, but I mean, so did everyone in, in everything. It was just another another thing. So I'm happy to see them compete. But I think the side story is uh, the virus in, in Japan, the number of athletes getting sick um, and, you know, having to quarantine. I know there were some some uh, athletes on the U.S. women's gymnastics team. I mean, they were alternates, but they got there, tested positive and then have to stay in a hotel for 10 days and come home. Uh, That's not quite the uh, Olympic experience that you dreamed of, but they will be on TV. Uh, We'll be following them. I am excited about that. You know, one thing you talk about lack of excitement for, I mean, the NHL schedule come out and normally, you know, when it's released, you're all excited. I was just happy there is a schedule. I'm happy there is home games. I'm happy that, uh, you know, we'll be able to go to them. So, uh, I, I don't care about any of the games. I was like, great, let, let's go. I don't care. I'll tell me when, and I'll, I'll be there. I, but, I was the same but, way but I, I was. I, I mean, going through it is fun, but yeah, I mean, when it came out, like there was no, I wasn't, I was just great. They're releasing a schedule. That is awesome.
1: Yeah. I'm like, when's the home opener? Who are we playing? And mm-hmm. when are they in Vegas? When are they in California? Yeah. When are they in Florida? Like, you know, to maybe cherry pick a nice road trip is, uh, we hopefully get back to actually traveling. Um, but that Minnesota game on the Black Friday, who knows, that might be a good little tour game. Maybe to they put something together with some folks. Maybe do a showdown from Tom Reeds or something before the game. That'd be a hell of a lot of fun. Is there a Vikings
2: game like that weekend or something? Or the When do the Vikings play?
1: I'll, I'll do some uh, some intense, in-depth, you can yeah pull that up right now. Check the Viking I'll pull schedule. It will it be it up it's the right weekend now. of November, like twenty seven or twenty eight. Yeah, they, whatever they're the playing is.
2: in in San Francisco on the twenty
1: eighth. So that, uh, that, it always that, works that way. That Tough to work. get the double header. Um, yeah. All right, folks. Uh, once again, we have to thank everybody for the incredible support of the channel. Uh, we hit five thousand YouTube subs earlier this week and had actually our second biggest show of all time, almost at ten thousand views right now. Uh, second only to the madness that was the 20K show after Mark Shifley's suspension when I think we were trending on YouTube and had people from all over the place coming and discovering the channel for the first time. Uh, but we did promise that we wanted to do something for our listeners and especially the YouTube viewers who are with us. And we've got a great crew in here. Now, Rima, I don't know if you're going to get the typing cam ready, but I, uh, you let me know when you're ready uh, for me to start throwing out some names to you I will ask folks if you don't live in Winnipeg or the surrounding area don't put your name in for this just because we won't be able to get you a DQ cake from Nick and Nikki DQ or a gift certificate for Boston Pizzas here locally um, but we are going to be doing a marble race so if you would just uh put, type in in or something like that okay, in well, the chat Just
2: wait I got to I got to get it
1: uh I got to get it loaded
2: so I haven't done this in a while. It's got to download. Like, you you play a game. You know, it used to be you bought a game, and you'd go play it, and it would work. You can't. You got to do updates. You got to do all this garbage. So, <laughs> oh shit, this might not not. uh I didn't update it. Oh crap! Can I still play if it's not updated? You tell me. You tell me, Remus. Oh, it's got to take two. Well, we can spend some time to uh type in all the names then, while while yeah. it updates. Hopefully yeah, your perfect. Qua- hopefully, your quality doesn't degrade because it's downloading but uh here should i throw on the typing cam
1: <laughs> that yeah yeah definitely throw the typing cam on remus is the master typer i still i couldn't not believe how uh how dominant he was and i think we talked about that typing game that uh, i saw you play on the stream one time which was quite quite interesting yeah um but anyways you tell me when you're ready and i will start rolling out these names and uh we'll get going from there you ready Uh. One sec. I was trying to get the typing cam
2: cam on, but uh, well, the typing cam might not entirely be necessary. Okay, it's not okay. Uh, who who's saying there? Just just list the names, like as um,
1: yeah. I'll just start firing you names. Yeah, list them as
2: as fast as you can.
1: Okay. 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 You ready? Yeah. Go you for t- it. You tell me when to go. Brown eyed girl. Andrew Haleko. Trini, KP, Dallas Pauls, BA Split, Big Guy, uh, Andrew Stowes, James Alexander, M- Mitch WHT, Jed Oil Tom, Jeff Kabilis, uh, Tristan Rivers, uh, Justin Fung, Rain Man, Travis, Alexandra, Mal Paris jet oil tom i think i may have said that already joe yeah. from winnipeg well well wayne jones will put you in but we can't get you uh your prize in norway frosty um Hademus, jeff johnson soul crushers uh do 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 jeff do do what else do we got here In 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 uh doug zap ronda p anyone else here chris vermet Ollie Blocks, Hockey Net, Craig Sipansky, or Craig SZ, just go with that. I may have butchered the name. Uh, Zach Charnecki, Linden. Is that Trevor Linden? Uh, (laughs) I don't know. Jesse Nabs, Alan Hurton, Akash Bally, Timmy Tushu, Jacob Hofer, Greg M., David LaFantasy, <laughs> Jeff Kabilis in with the super chat. Grill, pimp, hat, and cane for Huss Fund. Thank you, Jeff. You were the best, buddy. Uh, Roderick Gordon. Hello, Roderick. Great to have you in the chat today. Uh, we're back up here. Uh, Jesse Navs Okay, Dave, we got him. Connor, couple more. I don't think we've got in. Sean Gagné, Matt Prieur uh Albane, i think we got Albane in already but we popped that in a couple times we get it uh do 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 oh hockey net well listen hockey net you're in if you win we'll just go to the next one but we we want you to be in uh cody karen definitely cody cody thanks again for that super chat uh I Heart gaming. and i think that's it we got travis oh michael cochrane and oh and shikster we got to get shikster in oh and todd fortani what up todd going on for the weekend pal and our final one this i'm cutting it off after this cody Bueller. all right reem there are our there are all of our uh our contestants how's the uh how's the, the game looking right now for uh for the marbles okay so i'm putting me you
2: and hassan and uh nick nicky yeah. dq yeah
1: and put ted wyman in too
2: with the drip oh, t- t- ted wyman's drip can go in
1: yeah 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 Ted. Yeah, that would be a great new YouTube uh YouTube uh commenter if anyone's looking for one. Ted Wyman's Drip. Would love to see that coming Ted up. Ted texted me after he said, I
2: apologize for his internet. He said uh his provider has been acting up in the area.
1: So uh hey, you know, provider. He was great. We just had that one little bit where he sounded yeah. like R2D2. It was all good.
2: Yeah, yeah. I told I'm gonna tell I haven't texted him back because we've been doing this. But um but yeah, I thought it was, it was fine. We just go got had a hiccup. In start. fact,
1: Wayne Jones, Wayne's saying, I will donate my cake to my, uh, to my family in Winnipeg. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, if you well, wanted, if you have family in Rob- Winnipeg that can pick it up, no problem. We'll, uh, we'll do that. You're, you're with us every day. So uh, we certainly, well, oh. oh, Rob Mahoney, you didn't get in. Can we still get Rob? Yeah, Robbins I can get Robin. Uh, we, we uh, must have missed Rob in. Someone else said,
2: put in no, no return. Okay. Uh, no oh return. yeah,
1: see, yeah, no, no, no returns. Well, any <laughs> other, any other no joke ones that we can? Put nobody, in? nobody gets no, no return. Um, all right, let's uh, let's fire this sucker up. How's how's it looking? Does the does the uh, the update look like it's uh, it's worked properly? Yeah, right? yeah. Let me.
2: I got a, I should have tested this yesterday because I honestly forget how to race. <laughs> no, just <laughs> just kidding. Uh, let me add the names in here. Uh, I can show you guys. I'll bring it up right now uh i again haven't fired this up for a bit this is this is good though good practice here where's my game i will turn it on one window oh there we go but uh there we are
1: all right all right
2: And, and i got the new uh ram for my computer so it's definitely working better
1: Excellent, excellent. All right. Okay, yeah. so we'll do a uh okay, we're gonna do a fifty dollar gift uh or a two twenty-five dollar, basically a fifty dollar gift cert for Boston yeah. pizza as our first prize, and second and third are going to get cakes from our friends at Nick and Nikki DQ. Um Reem, we all set up. Have you
2: picked a good course? Yeah, should we do the Delta? I feel like that's a topical one to do. That's the name of the of the course. <laughs> sure,
1: sure. Let's do the let's do the Delta.
2: I don't know why. I'm not sure why. I just thought it was a good one to do. Uh, the Delta. Ooh, rolling in a winter wonderland. Well, we can save that for the winter. Oh, what's this? Is the course? This is, a, is this, this is just a track. I'm not doing this. This one's lame.
1: Well, I already Are started. Sure? I already started it. No, so. you know what? It is what it is. Here we go. We're going to see it. Okay. Well, we've got a lot of marbles in there. There's expert lot. typing by Remus, by the way. It is outstanding. I think they're all okay. in there. I think they're all in
2: there. There's like so fi- again, There's over 50.
1: Thanks again to Boston Pizza and Nick and Nikki DQ for, uh, so first prize, $50 gift card, second prize, and third prize, a DQ cake from our friends at Nick and Nikki DQ. All right, um, geez, it's uh, it's well, oh, this is quite the, uh, you know, it looks way better on the YouTube than it does on my screen. I guess I'm going to be watching that maybe on a little bit of a delay. Oh, really? Doesn't uh, look good on your screen? But I like this one. This is uh <laughs> this is like a, a racetrack. Jacob Hofer in the lead right now, it seems.
2: I don't know why it says one on top of every single one, but that's fine.
1: They're doing, I guess, oh, this is like they do laps. It is literally like an indie at IndyCar. The Indy 500 of marbles right now. And again, if you are listening to the podcast, this may sound a little ridiculous. That's why we wait till the end. Uh, we don't blame if you're not. But if you are still with us, rate and review on Apple Pods. Certainly, certainly a big help. All right. Uh big guys up there. Alexandra, Michael Cochran's in the mix. Lyndon is in around the top. Doug Zap. We've got uh Michael Cochran now up. Wayne Jones. Wayne Jones is in the mix. Wouldn't that be something if we had a Norwegian winner of the uh of the, the grand the grand uh, finale for us here for the program? Uh we're at just over one minute right now. Yeah. Doug Co- Zap, Linden, Michael Cochran, big guy all there. The interesting one about this one, Reem, is that we don't have, um, you know, we don't have the uh, the eliminations. Everyone is still in right now, uh, but we'll see how everyone handles this turn. But right now, Doug Zap is looking good. Linden is there. Joe from Winnipeg is uh, going very, very well. But there's no breakaway right now. Doug Zap's got it very, very close. Uh, do we know how close we oh, are? What lap we're on here? That was it. Linden took it down. This- linden all right let's see our final results linden is the winner doug zap and h a dimes are our winners so linden congratulations we got a 50 dollars gc for you and uh doug zap and had dimes well done everybody and congratulations jeff give us my marble is a prius <laughs> So, Lyndon, um, because we can't hit you up on uh, YouTube, what you're going to need to do is either hit us up on Twitter or Instagram or email us at winnipegsportstalk at gmail.com. Just get get us your deets. And that goes the same for you, Doug Zap, and you, H-A Dimes. Um, and we'll get your information. For Doug and Hadimes. we'll get you hooked up with Nick and Nikki, and they'll let you know how you can pick it up. And for you, Lyndon, we'll let you know how you can uh, or I'll get you this uh $50 uh, couple GC's for uh 2 $25 GC's as it were adds up to 50 for your favorite Boston pizza and when you're there I would suggest the uh honey dill fried chicken sandwich and maybe on the patio a bulldog margarita fish bowl oh it might
2: have doubled some of them cuz I okay, I I did this wrong but uh yeah it's fine some people got, I think I would had everyone in twice uh oh well it was a wild, it did look
1: like a very, very wild very, and woolly woolly track. Kind of an interesting track. We probably won't do the yeah, race again no. like that, but I'll anyways, never do the never doing the Delta. Again. It's all random. We just threw it down. We put everyone in, we let it go, and we've got three winners. So uh, again, thanks to everyone. Five thousand was a big goal of ours. We got it way faster than we could have expected, and it's been an amazing week so far. I think we've added another sixty or seventy just over the last couple of days. So Um, We've had great turnouts this week, despite it being in July. We know you Jet fans are fired up for free agency. And of course, for this draft tonight, got into the schedule. The expansion draft show was awesome. And uh, Remus next week is going to be wild because we'll have so much to talk about on Monday. And we may have to do another Marble race on Monday because it is show 100, which is a nice little milestone for us. And, you know, so many of you, I do have to just personally thank you for both of us uh, we see the same people in making us a part of your day every day on YouTube. And we hear it all you from listening to the podcast. It's uh, our pleasure to do this. And we really appreciate all the support. Don't forget, if you haven't checked out the store already, we've got these T-shirts. We've got some sweet hoodies, zip up and pullovers. Oh, Remus has got a T-shirt on. That's the uh, I got the long sleeve, not the long sleeve hooked up. So it's all there when, you know, it's great to, you know, to get that stuff out. But it's even better to have people, you know, rep and WST in and around Winnipeg. Uh, people get a lot of questions and be uh, oh, I'll check it out. And it's been amazing how that's turned into some more people joining us every day. Um, I would stick around and talk more draft, ream, but... Uh, I'm going to get my mouth drilled in. Shout out to the girl that froze my mouth this morning. Perfect timing. It's just coming out right now in time for me to go to a damn, get a damn root canal. And I will say it's not a great way to start the weekend, but my weekend will be much better after it. And uh, it was heartwarming to see the super chats and the donations for the Hustler gold teeth grill fund. Um, I'm emotional just thinking about that. Thank you, everybody.
2: Yeah, it was an incredible number of... Uh, I missed one there at the end. So I know I missed a lot of people chatting uh, at the end of the show, but it's been great having everyone here. This has been an awesome week. Oh, has uh, it ever? Uh, so much fun. So I think next week, you know, free agency uh, will be equally as great. And then we'll have the bomber season. Uh, so very, uh, very exciting stuff. And if you you know, are in here, hit the like button, hit the subscribe button, uh, follow all of our social medias. We could use a couple more on Facebook. Uh, pretty active on there Instagram, uh, Twitter is where you know most most of our followers are. But uh, this is uh, this is pretty exciting. So thank you everyone uh, for hanging out with us. This is so much fun this weekend. We are looking forward to the draft tonight. We will. Have a new member of uh, the Winnipeg Jets organization. Then you know tomorrow uh, is the Saturday where you know many more picks.
1: Don't rule out a trade tonight, folks. Um, you know what? Like I, like we talked with Ted, I don't know how much is going to be there for the Jets in free agency, and especially with the guys that have already gone to teams. The Ristolainen yeah. trade today, Larson and Alexiak. I mean that that might have changed their thoughts on what's there in free agency, and maybe that means that. You know, potentially a deal happens, and no doubt in and around the draft, that could yeah. certainly happen, one although thing, it doesn't need to happen today. Yeah, one thing I've seen a lot of in chat, uh, people are
2: like, Chevy, do something! Come on, what are you doing? I mean, you want him to give a player and two picks for Rasmus Ristolainen? <laughs> like, free agency isn't until, um, is until next week, so they couldn't have, you know, Larson and Alexiak signed those guys. Like, they didn't have a chance to even get in there, so... Let's like pump the brakes. Let's wait and see, you know, let's evaluate a week from today. And then you can be like, "Come on, Chevy, what did you didn't do anything." <laughs> then you can get on him. Let's wait until after the draft, yeah, uh, the yeah. Draft well, I, I mean, listen,
1: I think that this this weekend will be very interesting, and then of course next week, and yeah, you're right, in a week or two, but certainly in a week after the beginning of free agency is done, I think we'll have a pretty good idea where things stand, and you know where the to do list is for Chevrolet as he tries to improve the Winnipeg Jets roster going into next season. Uh, once again, big thanks to Nick and Nikki DQ, Boston Pizza, Royal Sports, Not Auto Corp, Little Brown Jug. Breezy Bend Country Club, Assiniboia Downs, Aikens Lake, Wilderness Lodge, Cool Bet Canada, and all of you. Christopher Met. thank you very much for the super chat. Man, this has been awesome today. We really appreciate the support. Folks, I got to run. I'm in a dentist chair in 11 minutes. Remus, have an <laughs> awesome we- Have an awesome weekend. Uh, you can check in with me on Twitter later on. I'm sure yeah, it'll be good. you will be have tweeting, po- watching the draft.
2: You'll have to post, because everyone donated to your dentist fund you're going to yeah. have to post like a selfie of you in the chair or something
1: with <laughs> the grill, getting yeah, it all. You're getting gonna, it I think you're going to have to let people in. <laughs> and, uh, and you know what? Check our sports talk, Winnipeg, uh, Twitter account and Instagram account as well. If anything big happens on the jets, we'll certainly have something up there. And, uh, And uh, you know what? Give uh, the IC guys a bit of love tonight. They're going to be on live during the draft, so all you YouTubers check in on Illegal Curve a little bit later on. All right, from Michael Remus, I'm Andrew Patterson. Thank you for the support. It's been an amazing week. Cannot wait to get back at it next Monday. Enjoy the draft this weekend, and we'll see you Monday afternoon right here on Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Late.
0: Oh, my God!